have to tell you that a lot of people sent me messages being like, you know, you don't have to be here this Sunday. And I said, I know, but I really want to. And that's the exact reason why I want to. You have just filled my heart uh, with such tremendous love as we are here in worship. So thank you, choir. Let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and your power while we are in this place. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So this past Sunday, last Sunday, a week from today, in the afternoon, Pierre, Kirsten, myself, and a bunch of other UCC pastors uh, went over to Kenilworth United Church of Christ as we got to install their new pastor. You've got to love how within like a five-mile radius of us, there are so many UCC churches. And so we went over there. I, I'm the associate moderator, so I had to go over and install her as the pastor. Uh, and it was a wonderful installation service, and it was absolutely beautiful. But there was a pastor, and of course, I can't remember her name, maybe Pierre or Kirsten Kine. Uh, she it was the one who was preaching at the service. She's a retired minister. Her and her husband, I think, are both retired ministers, and they live at Fox Run. But she gave a, a wonderful sermon. But in her sermon, she was talking about a book by Sarah Miles. Now, I don't believe I've read the book that she's referring to, which is Jesus Freak. Wonderful book uh, I hear. I've read her other one, Take This Bread. Uh, but Sarah Miles is an Episcopal priest in San Francisco. I was able to worship at her church when I was in San Francisco last and it's an Episcopal church, and she was one who she had never believed in God. She had spent her whole entire life as an atheist, raised in an atheist family, uh, never really talked much about God. The belief in God just wasn't something that was really discussed in her house. And then one Sunday, she by chance went into a church, and it happened to be an Episcopal church, and she took communion. And in that moment of communion, she met Christ in a profound way, and that began her journey of faith. Well, she ended up becoming a pastor. But before she even became an Episcopal priest, she opened up a food pantry in the Episcopal church. And this was as she was making her way towards the priesthood. She was at then a deacon. And the preacher last weekend told us the story from this book. Uh, but in uh, Sarah Miles, in her book, she talks about how there was one day when she was in the food pantry, which I've been in this church. It's the whole entire worship space and narthex area is probably about the size of our sanctuary and our overflow room. It's not a huge space. So that is when you walk in, you walk into just this area. It's all open. And it, when so the food pantry, I assume, must be within that same exact space. And so an eight-year-old girl walks into the food pantry with, she's guessing, probably her, her young aunt. And so she walked into the food pantry, and she went over, and she saw the baptismal font that was right there. And that eight-year-old girl, just happens to be the same age as you, Taylor, that eight-year-old girl asked the Sarah, who was the deacon at the time, she was just working at the food pantry, uh, but asked her, is this the water that makes people safe? And so Sarah looked at the girl, and she said, well, this water, it doesn't make you physically safe, but it does make you spiritually safe. And this water, while God doesn't promise with this water to keep you physically safe forever, God does promise to walk with you and to be with you through every aspect of life, to walk with you and be with you and journey with you with the Holy Spirit through all of life's ups and downs. And this little eight-year-old girl seems so very intrigued. And so 
the so Sarah looked at the girl and she said, do you want this water? And the girl said, yes. So normally we have things you might go through before baptism, but she knew in her heart what she needed to do. So right then and there in that moment, Sarah baptized that eight-year-old girl. And she was marked just as Owen just was with the seal of Christ and the water of baptism. Now the crazy thing about baptism in our relationship with God is that God never promises to keep us physically safe. God never promises that everything in our life is going to be all peachy keen and it's just going to be the most wonderful thing in the world and that you have nothing to worry about. God doesn't make that promise to us. By the way, that's why I just ask, don't listen to what prosperity gospel preachers say. Uh, I'm going to tell you that uh, the people we bought our, we just moved and the people we bought our house from, sad story but their son was paralyzed and the mother she's trying to hold on to her faith and she goes to me she goes what I'm listening to all this Joel scene but it's not really helping and I didn't say anything because I was trying to buy her house so I didn't say anything but I wanted to be like if you if you really you know if you really want words that are going to help you and encourage you a prosperity gospel preacher is not the one that's going to help you need somebody who's actually going to open up the Bible with you and read the Bible with you and tell you what it really says the good parts and the bad parts because believe it or not God isn't going to make everything absolutely perfect for us because we're not living in heaven right now right now we are living on earth our goal is to get to heaven that is our forever home our goal is to get to heaven one day right now we're living on earth we are not in heaven on earth right now and so what we learn in baptism and what we learn as we open up our New Testament as we read through the Bible is that God doesn't promise to make everything perfect for us in life. And we know that, don't we? I mean, you all know I've gone through a terrible pain this week, but who here hasn't gone through a terrible pain and a terrible, or has gone through a terrible pain and a terrible loss in their life? All of us, it's life. We would love to tell baby Owen that his whole life is going to be absolutely perfect, but the reality is it's not. He's going to go through pain. He's going to go through heartbreak. But the beautiful thing about baptism is when we are blessed with this water and when we are marked with the seal of Christ, even if we don't remember it, even if it happened years ago when we were just an infant, when we are marked with the seal of Christ, we are blessed with God and promised that the Holy Spirit is going to walk with us and be with us every single step of the way. Now here, this is the kind of thing that King David understood. King David, as you know, he, he was the king of Israel. He lived long before Jesus, and Jesus is believed to be descendant from David. Uh, that was really important for him to be the Messiah, so that argument is made in the beginning of the Gospels. But King David understood better than probably anybody at his time that life isn't perfect but that God walks with us all the way. David on his own you know he was called when he was just a boy to become king of Israel he was called to be anointed as king and he had such strong tremendous faith but as David got older he made a whole bunch of mistakes he made some pretty big mistakes quite honestly he may have made some mistakes that are bigger than the mistakes that you've made in your life. Have you ever had somebody killed because you had an affair with their wife? Probably not. So, I mean, I'm going to tell you that David probably made bigger mistakes than you did in, in your life. But David, he realized 
that no matter what, that God's faithfulness to him was just as strong as his faithfulness to God, and that God was with him throughout all of life's ups and downs, whether it was personal ups or downs or ups and downs as he was a leader of the kingdom. He knew that God was with him no matter what. And the most beautiful thing about David is as we read this psalm, Psalm 40 that we just read, David understood that everything in life wasn't going to be perfect. But when things, you know, when he went into the depths of despair, when he hit those rough times, he cried out to God and he knew that God was with him. And then when things got better, David wasn't just like, oh, great, that's good. Everything's fine. I'm just going to go on my way. But instead, when things started to get better, do you know what David did? He praised God. When things started to get better, David didn't forget about all the ways that God had walked with him through those hard times. Instead, David praised God. I love this quote, which you'll find out why I'm going to think it's funny in a second. I love this quote from uh, the New Interpreter's Bible commentary that I was reading last night. The reason I think it's funny is you guys are probably close enough to read, uh, hey, Dad, read that last name there for me. Exactly. <laughs> and it completely by chance. He is just the author of the of this section of the new Te of the New Interpreter's Bible. But this Rolf Jacobson, he says, whereas our culture privatizes faith, this psalm teaches us that faithfulness to God requires public testimony, lest one conceal God's grace. What he's saying is that when we turn around and we praise God, we shouldn't just do it all in our own way, being like, oh God, thank you, but instead just let out that praise, allow others to see the way that God has walked us through the, the valley, the darkest valley of the shadow of death. Allow others to see that God walked us through those hard times and that we came out stronger and even more faithful because God is with us. This is the kind of thing that David did. Now, if you want to know how much David did this, David even one time wanted to praise God when he was coming back that he actually stripped off all of his clothes. I don't recommend doing this. Stripped off all of his clothes and went around dancing in the streets, praising God completely naked. One of his wives was not very happy about this. <laughs> However, that's how much David understood he needed to praise God. He wanted to praise God with every ounce of his being. And that's why I love this, this last line too. I love this last line that we read today from Psalm 40. It says, do not, this is King David saying this, do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. Which brings us back to the whole idea of safety. Maybe that girl was right. Maybe this is the water that keeps people safe. We know it doesn't keep us physically safe from all things. We know that terrible things are going to happen because you know what? Life is only temporary. But maybe that girl was right. Because the moment that we are marked with the seal of Christ, we are blessed in a tremendous way. The moment that we are marked with the seal of Christ, God promises to give us strength when we hit those pit of despair. God promises to be with us no matter what. God seals our souls. Our, our physical bodies might not be safe, physically safe, but our souls are made safe when we are marked with the seal of Christ.
Now, the most amazing thing, too, back in the time of King David, there was only one way to show that you were a part of the covenant of God, the covenant that came through Abraham, and that way was circumcision. And the sad thing is that then only, not a sad thing, but the weird thing is that only men could show the mark, uh, the mark that they were sealed with in, in a covenantal relationship with God because that mark was the mark of circumcision. That is how people then showed their covenant relationship with God. But as soon as Christ Jesus came and he started to baptize and he told his disciples to go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, baptize all the nations, then that mark of the cross, that seal of Christ became that sign that we belong to God and that our souls are safe and that God will be with us for all of eternity. And it doesn't matter who we are, we can receive that mark of Christ. It doesn't matter whether we are a child or whether we are an adult. It doesn't matter if we are male or female or where we come from, whether back at that time, if they were a master or one of the servants, none of that matters. All of us can receive the mark of Christ. And in that we celebrate. So maybe that girl was right. This water does keep us safe. Not physically safe, but spiritually safe. And I don't know about you, but to me that brings me tremendous comfort. <laughs> if it brings you comfort, will you say amen? Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. You are God and you love us no matter what we go through. You journey with us and walk through us, walk with us through the good times and the bad. Whether we are rejoicing in all that you have done or whether we are holding on to you and barely getting by, Lord, we turn to you because we know you are the one who is the source of all our strength. You keep our souls safe. You keep us safe. You bless us and you're with us every step of the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. And we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.